morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to Relationship Lounge. Presents Reveal and Heal. You know, you can heal if you won't reveal. I have an amazing guest today, y'all. Go ahead and tag your friends, tag your neighbors, tag everyone that you know that needs to hear a motivation word. I have the one and only Miss Bunny Munford, Minister Bunny Munford. I call her the queen, y'all. This is Holly's mother. For those of you that know Holly, y'all gonna meet his mom this morning. She is a beautiful woman. So I want her to be seen and be heard. So y'all need to go ahead and tag your friends, tag your neighbors, tag up everyone so that you can hear this beautiful lady. Now, let me tell y'all something. I know that some of y'all know her. And you know, she actually has a, uh, a ministry called Lunch Break with BJ. Elder BJ. Elder BJ. Thank you. Elder BJ. And I'm going to let her tell y'all all about it. I'm going to let her tell y'all all about it. But I have been wanting to sit down with this beautiful woman for so long. I love her. I know her. And I'm telling you, she's she's my heart, y'all. And I just want y'all to be able to sit down, chill, and relax so y'all can listen to her. You've been missing out if you have not been paying attention to her, um, uh, her ministry that she's doing now. So now listen, while y'all tagging your friends and getting everybody together, let me do a little homework. You know, you can follow us on all podcast outlets. We're on Spotify. We're on, of course, Pandora. We're on all the major outlets, iHeartRadio, Amazon, uh, Apple. Yes, that's the radio version of the podcast. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, we have a radio show. I'm not okay. Why? I'm not okay. Why is a platform of an amazing group of men and women. And what we do is we talk about the things that we're not okay. Why with in our community. So we ruffle feathers. It's an uncut and raw conversation. We talk about the things, you know, in order to start a conversation in our community, because we want a healing in our community. And you know, you have to start that conversation and then you start digging and then you start researching you know, and you'll start being honest about some things that you have been quiet about. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together and show your love for a minister, but elder, I said correctly, elder Bunny Munford. Good morning to your love. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Praise I'm be to so God. glad you said yes to this interview. Okay, we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all, 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 y'all. Listen, get yourself ready. Get yourself ready. Get your tea. Get your tea. Get your tea. Because I know she's about to bring it. She is about to bring it. You know, the topic for today is my steps are ordered. Charger. Mm -hmm. So, y'all, I believe this is going to be a relatable topic. Because you know our prayer is always order my steps, Lord, or order my steps in your word. I'm going to allow Elder to go ahead and share. I first want her to let you all know who she is. Who is Bonnie Munford? I I was thinking about this, and I said, if she asked me who is Bonnie Munford, what would I tell her? And I thought, well, I'll tell a woman that loves God and is learning how to love like God. Oh, wow. I haven't gotten there, but I'm learning how. Yes, ma'am. To love like God. 
Amen. Amen. And of course, now I, I want people to know uh, who you are as the mother to Sebastian Holly, the great author. You want to hear some Holly stories? <laughs> I, I, I was going to say that is the essence and the core of who I am. And uh, as far as a mother, I, I was an unwed mother. I had Sebastian, he was birthed at 18. I mean, when I was 18, he was birthed at 18. I would like to see that. Mm. <laughs> <Him being laughs> birthed at 18. But I birthed him when I was 18, young single woman. And like so many women, I, um, well, I come from a strong background, a strong, strong, strong black women. And uh, one of the uh, deficits that we have is that we know everything. You can't tell us anything. I think that's true of most 18 year olds because they know, haven't lived a thing, but we know everything already. Can't tell us anything. So you can tell me anything, but having that baby made a big difference. Uh, for those of you that know Sebastian, he was premature. He weighed two and a half pounds at birth. Was in the hospital for five weeks, but he started gaining weight and doing so well. They let me bring him home when he only weighed four pounds or something. Uh, normally back then, this is back in seven, in the 70s, 72, 70, 71, he was born in 71. 71, um, they were wanted to keep premiums in the hospital until they was um, five pounds, but he was doing so well and I was 52 miles away. So I, I, you know, I have to travel to go to see him. Had to take him to the hospital in an incubator. Three days old, he had to have a complete blood transfusion. Wow. I was 18 and single and dealt with that. But see, God had a greater plan. I didn't know it at the time. I didn't know and I didn't understand. Reared in the church, grew up in the church, grew up with uh, grandparents. My grandparents reared me that loved God. They were illiterate. And I sometimes wonder, had they not been illiterate, where would I be now? What would be the difference in my life? I don't have a problem with formal education, but some of the things that my grandparents instilled in me about godly love, I say that I'm learning how to love like God, but that's part of my DNA. But still, as we grow older and as we come up against life, we still have to learn and walk out. We never get there. You understand what I'm saying? We never get there. I've not arrived. I'm still working toward that goal. And that goal isn't for here on earth. Not saying that heaven is my goal. My goal is to do the will of the Father here on earth. That was my purpose. That's why he created me to do his will here. But the word says that he created us for his good pleasure. Absolutely. He would have us to do. But I was a single uh, teenage mother. And uh, I, I had Sebastian. But let me tell you something about being a single teenage mother and coming from my background, because if nothing else, I knew how to take care of that part of my business. You know, I take care of my child. I get up, I walk as far as I sometimes I might walk five miles a day in order to get to my job, to get where I needed to go, drop him off at the daycare, go to work, come back again. You know, I did what was necessary. I, I, I was listening to some young girls here recently. They were talking about um, having not having a car or something. And I was like, that never stopped me from doing anything I needed to do. You know, one of my slogans is don't let fear stop you, do it scared. And so uh, just, they just never stop you. You don't stop because you don't have. My mother-in-law said, 
you don't quit because you're tired. You don't stop just because you're tired. You continue on. But who is Bonnie Monfort? Bonnie Monfort is a woman that loved God, learning how to love like God, walking out God's purpose, fearful at times, sometimes nervous about things, but never letting it stop her. Bonnie Monfort is a woman that God has called to walk along, alongside leaders, to be an intercessor over leaders, to pray for uh, ministers and ministries. That's who Bonnie Monfort is. I know that's some of the things of what I do, but that really is the essence. Yeah, it makes sense. So. Yeah, yeah. You have to understand what's being said when you bring that into the equation. Yes, ma'am, I get that. That is a yeah. part of who you are. That's Absolutely. a part of who I am. I didn't even know what an intercessor was, and I would see situations and want to pray over them. And I understood early on in my walk with God, I've been saved over 30 plus years. But in my early walk with God, I understood, I began to understand that I, I operated not only in the office of a prophet, and people don't know that about me, they don't understand it, but oh. I walked in the place of helps ministries also. I, like I said, called me along to walk alongside ministers and ministries to work in that position. I don't have a problem working behind the scenes. I can work behind the camera or in front of the camera. Makes no difference because I'm going to do what it is I believe that God has called me to do whatsoever it is. Fearful maybe, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to step out there and do it. This is really who Bonnie Monfort is, a woman that's not going to be stopped. You know, if as long as I know I'm doing what God called me to do. I just, it, to me, it seemed like in December, I just come off a um, 13, 14 year sabbatical because I was trying to make things happen in my life, trying to make things happen in ministry. And finally, I said, God, if you don't do it, I'm not going to do anything else. The only thing I'm going to do is continue to pray and walk alongside ministers. I'm not going to worry about a personal ministry. I'm not going to worry about any of those things. I'm going to do what I believe that you call me to do in this season. If that's what you want me to do, then you will open the doors. You will prepare. In December, I went on a 30-day fast. Lost 30 pounds. That was a benefit. Wasn't trying to, but but I wanted um, clarity. I wanted clarity as to what it was because I felt that God was calling me out of that place, calling me out of that sabbatical, calling me back on the field. And I wanted to know what he wanted me to do. The broadcast that I'm doing, I should have started in January, but even though God has shown me and given me guidelines, shown me what to do, not set it up and everything, I wasn't ready. I was still a little hesitant. My confidence had gotten had gotten low for some reason. But as I began to step out and begin to talk, and I have some of the most precious grandchildren. I have one granddaughter, Holly's daughter. You may have met her. Pamela, she likes to be called Pamela. We knew it's Ashane all her life, and she gets grown, and now she's Pamela. But anyway, Pamela is such an encourager to me. Uh, she's always saying, Grandma, you know, you you really encourage me, and you know, and so many things, because I have done a lot in my life. I'm 68 years old. You don't realize that, I, you know, I've lived some life. I've seen and done a lot of things. So, you know, and I don't think about all the time the things that I've done. You making me think about stuff, you know, as she does. And she said, Grandma, you did. And, you know, and I'd be thinking, and Holly is another one. Holly is a great encourager because he helps me to think and makes me realize. I said on the broadcast yesterday, I had him on the uh, broadcast. 
Holly is a great encourager. Also, you know, he encourages me to step out. And uh, I, I think he gets, during those last 12 or 13 years, I think he would get frustrated with me because I wasn't stepping out more. I wasn't doing more because he remembers who I was when he was growing up, you know. He remembers that woman that was always on the field, that intercessor, that woman that was ministering, that woman that was always involved, that woman that traveled in ministry with other women. You know, he knew who I was and he was frustrated, but I had to come to a place where I had to trust God to bring things forth and not myself. Amen. Oh, wow. You know, it's, it's beautiful that you, it's like you are really being ordered in what you're speaking because it just goes with the next question, the impact, you know, and what the, the, the impact and, and the legacy, if you will, and what you want to establish on this earth when yeah. you, you know, when you mm -hmm. leave this earth to go back to your heavenly home. Mm -hmm. Amen. What I would really like to establish on this earth, there's a number of things, but the major thing is I would like to, my legacy, I would like my legacy to be that I was able to help people to know God, to know the truth of God, to walk with him, to understand that it's not about getting to heaven, but it's about the life that you live here. I pray over my family. And years ago, I decided I claimed my family for salvation. If you got my blood, if you're under my covering, the covering of my bloodline, then you're going to be saved before you leave here. I've, I'm standing on that. Even when my father, before he passed, a year before he passed, my dad told me, he said, um, he was in the hospital and he said, Gene, God came to see me. And he said, he'd given me a year to get it together and he's going to come back. And I had forgotten about that. <clears throat> and within that year, my father died almost a year to that day. And his sister reminded us of what he had said. And as we were cleaning out his house, we found pamphlets that he'd been reading we found bible verses he'd been reading and things were that showed that he had turned toward the lord you know uh he wasn't loud about it he wasn't boisterous about it or anything you know like some people get saved and everybody got a note because they're holier than die and oh just a mess what they are but my dad is quiet as you please he was the same oj young but he was who he was and we found that he had and i find that as my relatives leave that they have embraced God. And, but I, and I say that to say that I don't want them to, people say, well, they, until they take the last breath, uh, it's not too late for them to get to heaven, yes. But it's too late for them to enjoy God, to know him, to enjoy what he can do in their lives, to enjoy how wonderful life can be here. I posted something from five, four or five years ago the other day this um, homeless man was on his knees praying and somebody said, how can you believe in God and you're still homeless? And he began to talk about the freedom in his life, you know, and, and just that he's homeless. He has nothing because he understands that the material things aren't anything. They're not about anything, but he has a relationship with God, you know, and that's what I want. That's the legacy I want to leave. To, to be able to lead people to God, not necessarily lead them, but even once they've come into the kingdom to help them to understand what they have said yes to. Because we don't always know what we've said yes to and we miss so many benefits trying to get to heaven or as Hollis said tonight, trying to stay out of hell. You know, miss the benefit of truly living. I said a few weeks ago and I, I say it often, 
he died so that I might have life and have it more abundantly. But if I'm not living for him, I'm not living. I don't have that abundant life. I'm existing. And he didn't create me to exist. He created me to live. He created us to live. And that's what he wants, us to live through him, doing his will. And that's where abundant life comes in at. It's not about the big houses. It's not about the fine cars. It's not about all the money in the bank account. Those things are nice, makes life here on earth are really a, a lot better, you know. But the abundant life is being in him. That's where the abundance come in at. Because he said, uh, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all his righteousness and all these other things he'll add unto you. That's you really clear, you, you cleared up something. You cleared up something because it's like you gave understanding to a, to a person that would be in prison behind bars, but yet saved. Yes. But yet, but yet free. Yes. Because he's right. living that abundant life because he knows God. That's it. So That's it's, not it. Your, it's not your circumstance. It's not it's just your situation. None of that. That's those. what you just that's what you just said. Amen. Amen. It's none of that. It's in him. That personal relationship, not just saying I'm saved, not just you know, reading your scripture, not just going to church, but really embracing him, living Knowing for him. him, allowing him to live through you. Like you said, writing that epistle, living it, being a living epistle. Anything that's, that's living right. is growing, is produced. Yeah. Even a tree, once it stops growing, it once it dies, it stops growing. It the story ends. Growing. The story ends. Oh, wow. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, those of you that are listening, just ponder on what Elder has just stated so that you can look at your situation with a bridal view. Yes. If the Lord is, if you're living for God, it's not a punishment. You still should be, you should, you should still have that peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People think sacrifice is a punishment. You saying punishment. People think sacrifice is a punishment, but you should be rejoicing when you have to sacrifice anything to God. You can't lose anything sacrificing everything to him because you gained everything in that sacrifice. See, I'm telling you, we have missed it so, so much. We have missed it. We have missed it. Because our focus has been on other things other than God. That's where our focus has to be. And not on getting to heaven, but God, what is it that you want me to do today? What is it you want me to do here on earth? And once you have told me, I'll be about your business. And you know, this is going to, I know that what you're about to share with Reveal then your transparent moment is going to give the listeners a clear direction in walking to a place of newness because you haven't always been in this place you haven't always had this mindset no so please take this time to share 
a time in your life that led you just where you are, led by, by, by you depending on God to order your steps and get you to a place to where you trust him like you do now. Okay. You want to hear my salvation testimony? That'd be wonderful. I, um, oh, I used to be a marijuana connoisseur. I mean, I, I was good. I, I it, and it had to be good because I didn't sell for nothing less than the best. You come to me with a bag, it had to be right, you know, because I check it for seeds, stems, whatever, smell. You know, I was a marijuana connoisseur. I was what well, I, I was, um, and Pac-Man was my God. Do you hear me? Pac-Man. Miss Pac-Man was my God. Does If anybody in my age group understand or remember that game, Miss Pac-Man was my God. When I had a People problem. People were addicted to that game. Huh? They were addicted to that game. People couldn't even, you couldn't show up with a quarter around me because I would take it and save it for Miss Pac-Man. If I had a problem, I went and played Pac-Man. If I was mad, I went and played Pac-Man. Anything going on in my life, Pac-Man had a place in it. But this night I was upset with the man that I was living with. I was living with this guy, married him eventually after we got saved. And I was um, I was aggravated with him because I thought he was cheating. I did not never mind that I was cheating. I thought he was cheating. And I had been playing Pac-Man and smoking marijuana. And I was walking down the street and walking beside this church. In fact, on um, I want to say Silver Street. Then I don't think that was Silver Street. I can't remember. It's been too long ago. But anyway, walking down this street, and I begin to pray because, see, people, I grew up in a Christian home, so I understood prayer. I understood talking to God. And I began to pray, and I said, God, show me what I should do. And blah, blah, just talking about the guy and what I should do and about he was this and he was that. How many of you know that when you go to God about somebody else, he never deal with them, he deal with you? Holy Spirit said, your life is in a mess and begin to it like they say when you begin you're facing death your life passed before you and just like a movie begin to play before me where I was in my life and all the madness in my life and the the conniving the deceitfulness and everything you know because to me conniving and deceitful if I was cheating on my boyfriend the man I was living with you know but anyway and I was walking along there and I stopped when the Holy Spirit began to show me that and I stopped. Now I was high. I had a nice buzz on. I mean, it was nice. And I stopped in the middle of the street because I saw what the Holy Spirit was showing me that my life could be better. It was a mess that I had no control over. I had no handle on it, but he could. And I lifted my hand, not realizing or not even considering that that was a universal signal of surrender. And I said, God, I give it to you. And I shared this often. And it was as if, cause I had taken Taekwondo and it was as if I was in a glass, a square glass case. And like God hit that thing with a judo chop and it just fell away and instantly, instantly. It didn't take me next week, next day, or two or three minutes. Instantly I felt anew. I mean, even then I began to think differently. It's hard to explain if you haven't ex experienced the new birth, but I knew instantly I was born again. I was no longer that person. I was who God had called me to be, even though I hadn't learned. I got to a place where I was walking in that. But that instant birth brought me what the words say, old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. Right then and there, in that instant, 
I became a new person. That's what brought me to where I am now. Sebastian was already born. Even his name was ordained by God. I didn't know it. I thought I was naming him after Sebastian Cabot, the actor uh, on, uh, what was the name of it? Um, Father Knows Best, one of those. I know, I know what you're talking about. Because I like that actor and I liked his name, Sebastian Cabot. So I named him Sebastian. But even in that, in my foolishness, thinking that I'm doing this on my own, God was leading and guiding. Let me tell you something. If you're moving, he can direct you where you want you to. Come on now. It's stale water that's hard to get you. It's hard for you to get to moving. But if the water is already flowing and moving, even if it's going in the wrong direction, God can turn it around. He turned my life around that day. 30 plus years ago, this was in 1982, uh, 84, somewhere in there. And I haven't looked back. And the only thing I've been high on since then has been Jesus. The only high I've had has been by the Holy Ghost. From that day to this, I smoked cigarettes uh, after I was saved, and I didn't want to smoke them. God delivered me from that. I mean, deliverance. I throw them in the trash, and I knew instantly I was free. I would never smoke another cigarette. That's what God has done in my life. God has been directing my life foot by foot, step by step. Sometimes I didn't understand it. Sometimes I rebelled and bucked against it. But God is okay. He's cool. You know, he'll just chill out. Leave you alone for a while. Or feel like you might think he leave you alone. But he's constantly working on the current. Working on the current. Working on the current. Working on you. Getting you to where you need to be. Putting people in your life. Placing people in your life. When I got saved, God sent me to a Methodist church. I didn't even know Methodist folks were saved. But he sent me to a Methodist church. Can you believe that? I thought because I came out of Kojic, that's where he would send me. But he didn't. And he discipled me by a Baptist minister, Carl Strong, discipled me. The first teaching I heard on the Holy Spirit was by a Methodist elder. My background has been mixed up in the Christian walk as well as it has been mixed up in um, relationship with different cultures, different, uh, I don't want to say races because it's not but one race, but different cultures. Uh, and let me share this because I was thinking about this. I would love to share this because Holly reminded me of something, my legacy. When I was growing up, I'd learned as a child how to accept people for where, who, for where they were and who they were. We lived, my grandparents reared me, and we live about a mile off the railroad track. And we're talking back in the 50s where people, we call them hobos, would hitch rides on the train and they would come to your house, ask for something to eat or whatever, some work to get food. You never knew who was going to be at my table, my, my grandparents' table. You never knew who was going to be there. Black, white, raggedy, dirty. My grandmother didn't turn anybody away. So we learned love and acceptance that was their legacy to us so i don't have a problem with other people that this and hollywood was talking about it you know on the broadcast yesterday that he learned that at an early age because i learned it at an early age even in that god was ordering my steps because he knew where he was taking me i was became a pastor in the methodist church and god said i need you to leave because what i have for you you can't learn it here 
you can't get there where I'm trying to take you from there. And he pulled me out the Methodist church. You know, some people, you were pastoring and you gave it up? Yeah, I resigned because that's what God did me. He was ordering my steps. He was training and teaching me how to give up the things that I may have had value in. Give them up because he said, so trust him. You know, it's been on my voicemail for probably 40 plus years uh, because I had it on my business in Arkansas when I lived in Arkansas years back. Uh, Proverbs 3, 5, you know, lean not to thine own understanding. But if you go back and read the beginning and several verses of that chapter, that chapter says so much more than just it says so much more. So much more than just trusting God. But that's one that I lived by for years. And I tell, tell young women something else. If you trust God when you get saved and you think that you gotta have a man, you gotta be around a man, let me tell you, God will keep you. Talk about that. God will keep you. God kept me from my last husband and people might not want to hear, well, she's been married more. Yes, I have because I was choosing men. I didn't allow God to choose my mate for me. So they were never really ordained by God anyway. But when I first got saved, like I said, I was living with this one guy and this, this guy, I just, uh, just, I never had a handle on the relationship. I was never able to control the relationship. So, you know, but I always wanted to be in control of everything. Then because I couldn't control it, it made, it was something that I wanted to always try to, I kept trying to pull on for lack of a better way. But anyway, for a year after I got saved, I would try to go, I would go places where I thought this guy would be or and such. And he would never be there. And I said, well, he always, you know, and a, a year later, after about a year of that, one day God revealed to me that he was keeping me, even in my ignorance, when I didn't know and didn't understand. And he gave me, I, that's what I was looking for in my phone. I think it's in 2 Corinthians, um, where he talks about you will walk in temptation, but he will protect you and keep you from it. And I lived by that scripture for years because I understood, I saw that God had kept me, even when I didn't know that he was keeping me, that he had kept me. Talking about ordering your steps. He had kept me. Oh, In a state God. where I was too weak, I would have fallen and gone into who knows what, but he kept me. He kept me from that temptation until I was strong enough. It was after a year and after I got the revelation before I even saw that guy again. We're talking about a, a population of 39,000 and we all ran around in the same circles, but for a year not to see that guy. But when, I, I, he, when he allowed me to see him, I was at a place where I wasn't tempted. Had I been tempted, I'd been able to walk away because I was at a place in my relationship where I knew that that wasn't what he had for me. I knew, well, I didn't understand then that wasn't what he had for me, but I knew it wasn't what I needed or wanted. You know, as we begin to close, I want you to share because your fruit, your fruit is prevalent. Your fruit is something that people can act, actually witness to your obedience. Everybody loves Holly. He's such a good dude. He's such a kind young man. He's very respectful and everything. You raised that young man. You raised him. 
Yeah, I did. And I tell everybody, Holly is answered prayer. Because when he was out there wilding out, I had him on prayer lists all over the country. <laughs> He's answered prayer. And I, I often say that sometimes children are in their 30s before they begin to yes, acknowledge and walk in their rear. Yes, ma'am. I things and and I, I I hesitate to take credit. Yeah, there are things that I instilled in him. There was some I was hard on them. I, we were talking about that yesterday, and I was telling them one of the reasons, not an excuse, that's the way I was raised hard. You know, is because I wanted them to be all that they could be. I wanted them to grow up and be productive young men. I understood that in society and I understood being black men, they had to be above average, you know, even at that time in the 50 years ago, I understood that. And I wanted them to, to be the best that they could be. And I didn't know any other way to get it into them other than to be hard on them. But I thank God that God, and I, this is something I tell young women too. You don't have to know how to parent. God will teach you. God taught me things about teaching my children that I didn't know I hadn't grown, grown up with, was not taught to me, but God taught me. God showed me. He opened doors and uh, it gave me glimpses into things and to understand, you know, it was about God, what he taught me. And some of this stuff, I wasn't even saved, but he knew the fruit. He knew what he was taking me, but he knew the fruit. I have another son. He's not walking where he should, but he's, he's ordained. I mean, God has anointed him, or he's ordained as a pastor. You can see it in everything that he does, but he's that rebellious spirit because we're warriors, and as warriors, we tend to rebel. We chap on the restraint, not understanding that if we're going to love God, he's freed us to be under his restraint. If we're going to be obedient, if we're going to love him and have relationship, we've got to allow him to have our life. It's not ours anyway, right? No, ma'am, it's not. No, ma'am, it's not. I'm grateful for your transparency because you have been just totally real. And I believe that for the people that have been listening uh, this morning, you've laid out a roadmap. And you've also shared imperfections because I think we're hard on ourselves as human beings. We are. You know? mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And in the end, look at the fruit. Amen. When we fall down, we get up. When we, we go fall down, we fail. You know, we keep going because our steps are ordered. And look at the fruit of uh, Sebastian Holly. Mm -hmm. I give credit where it's due because I've known him for many years. He was such an influence on my son. And, you know, it is what it is. He is a great God. The Lord has blessed him with a great church. He's a reflection of his mother, period. He is a reflection of his mother. And that's that's just it. Now, tell me tell the people how they can follow you on social media, dear. Well, I have a Twitter account. It's BJ Jewel, uh, Shopping BJ Jewels. I have an Instagram account, but I can't tell you right now what it is because I don't use it. I'm working on that. Like okay. I said, I'm not uh, into that. And I'm on Bonnie Moffitt on uh, Facebook. Uh, you can tune in at 12 o'clock on Wednesdays, every Wednesday at 12. And uh, catch me at uh, lunch break with Elder BJ. I have a group called uh, Lunch Break Eating the Word. 
so you can join the group. I post on there, I allow other posts, and I always share the message from Wednesday on there. And basically, when I minister on Wednesdays, it's more or less about prayer because there's such a great need in the United States, well, in the world, but the United States, especially for prayer. I, I truly believe that if the intercessors and the prayer warriors were doing what they were supposed to, we wouldn't be in the shape that we're in. Amen. Thank you once again for saying yes to this interview. It's been Thank an you. honor. And you did not disappoint. Thank you once again. Oh, God. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Our motivation quote for Monday morning is, you lead me in the path of life. I experience absolute joy in your presence. And that's from Psalms 16 and 11. Remember Amen. the topic is God, my steps are ordered. And okay. I'm Coach Deb. Listen, y'all, you can't heal if you won't reveal. Please follow us on all podcast outlets. And remember to uh, listen to the radio show each Tuesday and Thursday at 4 p.m. I'm not okay. Why? On reallyrealradio.com. Remember Amen. to love yourself. Love Amen. everybody. Amen. And be an example. Have an amazing day. You deserve it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.